As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stoppers. Stoppers. The Athletic presents... Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Bogue. I do think he has the support of his teammates. Why would you not be rooting for him to succeed? And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. I don't mean to psychoanalyze this stuff, but this is what we do in Chicago. This is what we do with our quarterbacks. And this is the biggest story in town. Here they are, the Adams. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Day two of the NFL draft is over, and the Bears did it again. This is what they do, right, Johns? They they, they got to get their guys, and uh, it's fine as long as it works. They they I don't know if they made our lives easier or harder tonight. I originally I was like, yes, the Bears are making a pick in five minutes, and this thing's all gonna be over. Uh, but Tevin Jenkins is now a Chicago Bear. And then here we are at 11:19 uh, right. p.m. Run, running on fumes, man. I'm <laughs> right. telling you, I'm not even playing around. I got an old fashioned here. And, Good for uh, you. Let Let's do this thing. Makers old fashioned. It is. It is way too late. I'm running on two hours of sleep. And you know what though? I still love it. I still love it. It's NFL Draft week, Weekend, and the adrenaline is going. I may have had a glass of red wine. Or or two, uh, I'm okay. not gonna say, but it, it is 11:20 p.m. Before now, the pace press conference. See, I at least waited till the press conference. No, I made it before the press conference. Yes. I'm not gonna lie. During, um, but the Bears drafted everybody's guy. Like, yeah, everybody, everybody I guy. know in Chicago, at least at one point in time, in some mock draft, had Tevin Jenkins going to the Chicago Bears. I had him going in two mock drafts. <laughs> to the Bears, so we're we're all right on this one. We got the pick wrong. Nobody had thirty nine, right? Thirty nine, right? The pick, as long as you get the guy, as long as you get the guy, they got yeah. their guy. They got their guy. Um, yeah. So they should be happy about that. Yeah, that a surprise to your pace say that a first round grade on them. Um, you kind of know that based on the move they made. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing it wasn't like Dan Weeder of the Tribune asked if he was in the cloud of twenty, and I'm guessing guessing he wasn't in the cloud of twenty. Maybe like a late first round grade. Is I what agree. I'm thinking because he said he didn't want to answer that, which I don't know why it matters at, after the 
point he was already drafted, right? So I, I feel like if he really was in that cloud at 20, he would have said he was. Um, but you're probably right. Yeah, he, they, they probably viewed him like a late first-round pick. But he did he did very clearly say he was the number one guy on their board at that point, which uh, I would hope so, considering they moved up to go get yeah. him. Um, but I, that, that press conference was awesome. I'm talking about the one with Tevin Jenkins. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he's going to be good or not, but he's he was. I I think he could have played a football game tonight. I think yeah. he could have put pads on and run people over tonight if there was a game. First off, did you see his reaction video? I have not seen so, that. So, no. so the Bears shared. You have to check it out. He doesn't move. Okay. You know, like you see he these reaction move? videos, and you get, you got the guy with the. You know, everybody's holding their phones up. You know, yep. all the guys got their phones up. You know, there's, there's group hugs, all that stuff going on. Um. He didn't move. He okay. just sat in his lazy boy and just sat there. I'm, I'm sure there was hugs. He said he's hugged his dad right after that. Um, but in the reaction video from the Chicago Bears, he's just sitting there, which is, which is good. I, I feel like that fits his personality. He's ready to go. Now That's kind of Bears. what Justin Fields did. Yeah. Like, Justin stood up, but he didn't really have much of a reaction. Even my wife last night was like, was he even happy he was picked by the Bears? But maybe they're just like, I think they're just drafting stone-cold killers. Yeah. <laughs> And they're just straight well, face, like. Well, well, in Jenkins' case, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the, the stuff he says, you, you know, like we swear on this podcast, but like, I'm not going to go to certain points. <laughs> then he goes. Well, he to, almost he we wanted yeah. to swear. He's like, I got words I can't really say here. Yeah, but I love that. I yeah, love I that. The too. Bears love that too. They, they need that that toughness, that edge, that aggression that nastiness on their offensive line and like, you know, Fields almost fits on this too because he's got that toughness. But when you when you have an offensive line, like a, a leader like this on your offensive line who, who's going to be a mauler, like you love that. The Bears need that. I, I don't think they've really had that since Kyle Long and and before that, what, Olin Krutz? They need yep. this. There was a little Olin in, in him, uh, especially <laughs> after I spent last night with Olin at, at the studio. Uh, and I thought he was going to come at me a couple of times, like it's usually the case. Y- you know, um, I-, I put this in my column on Tevin Jenkins tonight. I, I- us sleepy reporters. I-, I was ready to run through the Zoom screen. I mean, I was ready to go. He, I mean, he just had this. And, and I'll-, I'll give you a couple examples. We don't have the audio for you as we're kind of, again, doing this on the fly on draft weekend. Um, maybe we'll have some of it as we recap the whole thing later in the weekend or uh, early next week. But, you know, he said, like, I just love, what's your number one priority? It's to keep the quarterback upright. And I love what he said. He said, if, if, <laughs> I don't if, care if I hold, punch, yeah. grab all that stuff. D- doesn't matter. Don't let the quarterback get hit. And it, he said, if the quarterback gets hit late, that's my problem. That's not his his problem. That's my problem. So he takes it personally, and, and that's the kind of mindset. And then he was he also said he's gonna he's gonna make sure these teams that passed on him rue the day. Rue the day is what he used. So <laughs> I, I don't. That, I don't know that's we, a, an extremely underrated word that you don't hear a lot. Yeah. Rue. <laughs> you know? I I'm not sure I had seen that in uh, in a transcription before until tonight, but there it was. You know who has that mindset too is Justin Fields. Like I feel like mm-hmm. it, you know you talk about their emotions on, on draft here or you mentioned earlier. Um, you know there's there's almost an anger there that Justin Fields was the fourth overall pick. There's almost an anger there from Tevin Jenkins that he lasted until 
the second round and the 39th pick. And I don't know if the Bears need guys with, you know, those chips on their shoulder, but can't hurt. No, I just I, two guys that seem extremely serious about what they do. Um, and in Justin Fields' case, like I don't know enough about Tevin Jenkins or people that have been around Tevin Jenkins, but fe- in Fields' case, because he's a Big Ten guy, we're going to have some of this for you in this podcast because um, I got a chance to talk to Pat Fitzgerald, the Northwestern head coach, today. Um, honestly, I felt a little bit bad. I had to apologize to Fitz because here Northwestern is, and they, for the first time in program history, have two guys go in the first round. And here I am, I'm calling them up and I'm like, Hey, can we talk about Justin Fields, <laughs> who lit you up in Evanston a couple of years ago and uh, and beat you again in the Big Ten Championship game? But there, there's a reason, and a part of it is actually, I, look, uh, Fitz and, and Matt Nagy have become close since Nagy came here, and it didn't surprise me to hear Fitz talk about, you'll hear this a little bit later in the podcast, that the Bears, you saw those photos of, of Pace and Nagy at the Pro Day at Northwestern, well, Part of their conversation was about the Northwestern prospects and Greg Newsom and Rashawn Slater, but part of it too was also about Justin Fields um, because it's not just that Northwestern's played against Justin Fields, but Fitz actually has a relationship with Fields going back to when he recruited him. Northwestern was, believe it or not, the first school that re- that offered Justin Fields. Uh, and I love Fitz's honesty because he's like, and then everybody else watched the ta- same tape that we did and we moved to the back of the line. Uh, and then there was Georgia and Ohio State and all those programs. Um, and anyway, there's some good stuff in there. So we'll play that a little bit later on in the podcast. The point being is just there's there's it's hard to find a coach that doesn't love Justin Fields. I mean, it really is. I mean, maybe the Georgia coaches because he transferred out of there. Maybe you can get somebody to say a bad thing about him there. But even there, like they played him. We talked a little bit about last night about how he couldn't beat up, beat out Jake Fromm, and that was probably a little unfair because I think it was kind of a unique circumstance, and they were still getting him into games. I think he played 12 games um, because he was so talented. How could you not? And then he goes to Ohio State, 40 touchdowns and one interception in his first 13 starts. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's a good ratio. Yeah, and I, you know, I just remember... In a, that game is a Friday night game in Evanston, and the dude was just unreal. He really was, and and that's where we've had this conversation on the podcast, Johns, over the last couple of months, and talking about fields like as ugly as some of that Big Ten championship game was. And by the way, Fitz has a defense for Fields that you'll hear for that game in December. Doesn't the game in Evanston matter more, or just as much at least? In the grand scheme of things, as he's going up and down the field, throwing for four touchdowns, doing incredible things, I, he's, I, 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 I had to go back and watch some of this tape, Johns, and it's just something I think I need to point out. Whatever holes we want to poke, poke into Justin Fields, and it reminds me a little bit about Deshaun Watson. And I was guilty of this with Deshaun, too. I, I had a similar grade on him, middle first round. But I had him behind... Mitch Trubisky and Patrick Mahomes. When you go back and watch this college, the guy's special. Like at the end of the day, just trust what your eyes are saying or seeing. Seeing. There you go. Yeah, your eyes don't. And talk. listen to what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yes, whatever. Yes. There you go. I, there's gonna be to more. Of the, there's gonna be more of this too. By the way, before we're out of here, take a sip of your bourbon. And for for me with Fields, 
It was that Northwestern game, like the Big Ten Championship. Like, I soured on him a bit. Like, oh, this guy's going to be the number one overall pick? Like, he looks awful. But then he plays against Clemson. Yeah. Gets lit up in the middle of the field, right? Lit up. You know, I didn't mind the hit, but he got lit up, right? And the way he played against Clemson and hearing him today and how much he wanted that shot at Clemson and Trevor Lawrence again. Didn't mention Trevor Lawrence, but Clemson. And then he threw what? Six touchdowns in that game? Right? Like it's just six touchdowns. And I think it's three hundred and ninety five yards or three hundred and seventy five yeah. yards. Yeah. 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 And watch some of those throws. Oh, they're insane. Oh, they're they're not easy. Some of those touchdown grabs, they're they're not easy. And, and beyond and the touchdowns. he was in pain. Yes. Yes. And you could see him coming off the field in pain. Yes. Yeah. That like going back to that game. Like it Ryan helps Day over- told us today he couldn't get out of bed after that game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's that softness that Ryan Pace covets too. You know, it's can I like on a side note of this, like hearing all the things that Ryan Pace was saying about Justin Fields' toughness. I just kept thinking about Mitch Trubisky missing games, right? Like I, I think yeah. Trubisky played tough. I think he played injured. Um, maybe certain players handle it better than others, but I, I don't know why. It's probably unfair in a sense. But I thought about that. I'm just throwing it out there for others to think about. But you know. Maybe others handle that type of adversity better. We saw Justin Fields do it against Clemson. Again, that helped me get over when I was looking at him, helped me get over that Northwestern game, which he wasn't very good in. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I went back to something Nate Tice said on this podcast last week when we talked to him. And, and he, because he, remember, he loved Justin Fields. He, he had Justin, he was like, Justin Fields is 1B. And in any other year, he's the number one overall pick. That's how yeah. much he loved him. Um, and he, and, he, and he said, as we were talking about some of these other quarterbacks, he's like, you shouldn't be squinting. Like, you shouldn't be squinting to, to see what you want to see. It shouldn't be that hard. And, and I guess what I'm saying is you go back and watch Fields and the good moments. I mean, again, there's... there's it, but it's almost the opposite. You're almost squinting to come up with the flaws, is what I'm saying. Like, you're... And I brought it up in a question with Ryan Day today. Because if, if we're going to be honest, Tice may have even said this to us too. I can't remember. Or maybe it was Matt Bowen. But one of them mentioned about the scheme of that offense. It's very vertical. Yeah. Like they're taking shots that it's very touchdown to Those check are down. his reads and progressions. So if your first read is downfield, you need to take some time. Yeah. You need time. Uh, and so it, if you're going to... You're, then you're going to see a quarterback who's methodical a little bit. Now, I still think he needs to speed that up. I think that's one of the things he's got to work on. But I guess my overall point is just you don't have to squint to see something special. The The big difference to me in this evaluation with Fields and watching what he did at Ohio State and between with what Trubisky did at North Carolina, and I'll be honest, I still don't think I was squinting, but there is a big difference in that it was all projection. Yeah. It was all you saw. You you saw some accuracy. You actually did. You saw some incredible throws. You saw him move around with his feet and do these things. But you were still projecting in a way because he wasn't playing at Ohio State. He wasn't playing against Clemson and throwing six touchdowns. It was a lot of mediocre results and not a lot of winning. Whereas Justin Fields comes with all the victories. Nine and two against ranked teams over two seasons. Mitch Trubisky was two and three in his his one year 
And now the, I still think that the Big Ten's level up over the ACC, in my personal opinion, at least the, the, the high-end teams, right? And to see Justin Fields perform in some of those marquee games, right? To, to see him against Clemson in the national semifinal. Like, that should stick with you. Again, I said this on the podcast last night. Like, that should stick with you. One of my takeaways, and I put this in my takeaways column, which you can find on The Athletic, is uh, off your question to Ryan Day today about that relationship with Matt Nagy. And he mm-hmm. said that Matt Nagy started asking about Justin Fields in 2019. Yeah, right when he transferred. 2019. Yeah. It's like that's when the conversation started. That That's when he's on Matt Nagy's radar. And then you see him become a Heisman Trophy finalist. They have that stat, that ridiculous stat that you had, what, 41 touchdown passes and one yeah. interception? Can I just bring up one thing, though, about that timing? So Justin Fields transferred to Ohio State the same week the Bears played the Eagles in the playoffs. And that was like when you're actually feeling good about Mitch. Yeah. Like, yeah. as ugly as of a game that was and at the end, it was Mitch who led you down the field. Yeah. And, but, and gave you a touchdown and put you in position to to kick the field goal. And yet, I, I, I couldn't help but think about that today. I'm like, and still you had Matt Nagy reaching out to Ryan Day about Justin Fields. Yeah. Well, then he had the 29 season, 2019 season unfold. Another injury yeah. for Trubisky. The benching. I still believe it was a benching in L.A., all sorts of questions about where Trubisky's at. You're turning off the team. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was. Yeah. Yeah. But by the way, Ryan Pace was in Evanston for that game I was talking about. Yeah. Ryan Pace was was in the press box that day for that Northwestern Ohio State game. So I I just found that unique or extremely notable that Ryan Day said that. And just in terms of the the groundwork that went into this that started a couple years ago. And maybe they're still hoping that Trubisky pans out at that point. But... The the work and the conversations that Matt Nagy brought to this evaluation, like we knew it was going to be different than 2017 just because of Matt Nagy's input. Like John Fox wasn't going to be locked out of the room anymore. Like that wasn't going to happen. Like Matt Nagy, like it's in his room now. Like this this is his quarterback. And just to, to hear Ryan Day say that, like that just tells you, it should tell you how different this was. So quickly on that topic of what happened in 2017, do you get those vibes with what the 49ers did with Trey Lance? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I do. I, I mean, do. some of these quotes that were coming out today that were like, I mean, Lance had that same similar reaction as Trubisky where he's like, I didn't know they were going to pick me. Like, I didn't know until it was happening. And then uh, you got, they weren't telling other coaches what was going on. They weren't telling their scouts what was going on. Like, it was this very secretive operation. I think there was the report from Adam Schefter who's close with like everybody at the 49ers, I, I believe, that the, the scouts favored Trey Lance and Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones. You know, oh, it's... I'm just saying there's a lot of... It seems like there's a lot of lot of similarities yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, but to use your word projection, like Trey Lance is a projection. Yeah. The dude threw fewer passes in college than Mitch Trubisky and, and, and at a lower level. And... The same applies to Zach Wilson, too, in my opinion. I, I know you like them a lot, but there's still a lot of projection there, at least in terms of opponent. Primetime games. You see, you, you have more, I mean, a more concrete evaluation with the Justin Fields. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go back to the fact that I still want to repeat. I love them all. Um, 
But yeah, I'm already kind of feeling like, yeah, I might regret the whole Wilson Lance. I, I was really neck and neck with Lance and Fields. I struggled with that for pretty much three days. I kept going back and watching more and more. And at the end of the day, it was almost more of like a gut feeling. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I think sometimes that happens. I think sometimes these guys are even in the draft rooms. It's so neck and neck that it, you, you got to separate them somewhere. Speaking of draft rooms, I, we got to play Fitz in a second. But you wanted to do this podcast late, and so we're, I'm watching the draft. And did you see the Eagles draft rooms? <laughs> Howie Roseman's going around no. and giving fist bumps to everybody, and then he gives one to this last guy. I can't recognize who he is, but the, that, that last guy's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was he? And Howie Roseman puts his arms out like, you know, what's going on? And that guy puts his arms out like, what's going on? There was some disagreement. That 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 room did not look like there was a consensus or whatever player that was picked. Make sure if you're listening to, to search for that on Twitter. It's quite funny. That's funny. I got to check that out. That was like last year when Bill O'Brien was sitting at his desk. And they, he didn't, I mean, you couldn't hear the audio, but he was live on TV and he he's on the phone and he like slams the phone and he starts yelling and he's like MFing somebody. And it's like, what just happened in Houston? Oh, and then he got fired a few months later. Yeah. Houston took a quarterback with their first pick this year. Davis Mills. Davis Mills. My guy, Kellen Mond is in Minnesota. How about that? With your guy, Kirk Cousins. Who's going to win that battle? We should have a, a podcast bet on that. <laughs> And by the way, I would yes, bet we everything. Will. Why is bet- hold on? Why is Mon your your guy? I, I feel like I put him in a mock draft before you. Yeah, but I stole him from you and put him in the first round. That's true. That's you did, true. you didn't have the balls to do that. No, no, no. <laughs> With good reason. Yeah, probably. What did he go in the third? Yeah, like the second pick of the third or something like that. That's interesting though. He ended up in Minnesota. Um, but I can think of what's a what's a Kirk Cousins contract 38 million 40 million whatever ridiculous it, it's overpay. all guaranteed and it's all guaranteed yeah so that's a guarantee that he's still going to be the quarterback this year yeah you took but, a swing on a dev- developmental guy i like it you want to play fits oh uh, real quick before we do, do that can we just very f- quickly talk about just the vibe and how suddenly it has changed oh yeah it is yeah, yeah. It, I, I, I'm, I'm I think honestly, it goes back to the vibe you said about how it feels different, like just in terms of the projection of the pick, the quarterback. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I'm just talking about it. This is, and I've said this, I think I've said this before on this podcast. Like, it's been a tough offseason, even for us. There's been so much negativity. And, and I've, I've talked to my wife about this. Like, it, it's hard to write, tweet, say anything and every single response is negative and i get it you know the the bears bungled the end of the season and they bungled the press conferences they did not handle it well and it just left a and then they sign andy dalton everybody's upset i i I mean i i I get it but what a 180 in the last 24 hours it's it it, it's humble i'm trying to think johns i can't think of anything among any of the professional teams in Chicago where there's been such a sudden shift that quickly. And and the the Jay Cutler trade comes to mind in terms of excitement level. But things weren't that bad before the Cutler trade. I mean, people were upset that the Bears had kind of had two 500 seasons and the defense was slipping a little bit and this and that, but 
it wasn't complete like panic. You can't do anything right with any move. And then all of a sudden, bam, bam, two draft picks. The whole the whole fan base is is excited again. I put out a poll at uh, two hours ago, and there are now forty three hundred votes on it. And it was just grade the Bears draft so far. A, B, C, and I'm in shock. I think a lot of people missed the I'm in shock, the the that grade, if you want to call it a grade. But the the leader by far is A with seventy six percent. Now yeah. there's some wet blankets out there, you know, with the C at one point nine percent. Probably guys love draft capital. I love draft capital. I get it. Like I thought Ryan Pace was going to trade back today. Like you can mock me on Twitter on that if you want. Like I thought that was absolutely going to happen because history says it has happened twice, three times if you count 2016 twice um, because of the two trade backs. But to get a guy with a first round grade, you know, and then start a run on tackles, I think that's notable too. Like, like you, you get fields and you feel the jubilation, right? And then then you get the guy that like almost everybody wanted to begin with, like that offensive tackle that you've never drafted, like since Gabe Creamy. Yeah, you get him in the second round, and then he comes on and he talks about how much of a badass he is. But that's genuine because he plays like a badass, and he said that for the past couple of years. Like, yeah, that puts you over the edge if you're a Bears fan. I think. It does. Yeah, I get they, they have needs at cornerback. They got needs at wide receiver. You know, the fifth round has been a good round for Ryan Pace. We'll see what he could do this year. But, you know, with you're, you're getting two guys. Like, I don't feel this is going to play right away, but but Tevin Jenkins is going to start week one. Right tackle. Sorry, Jermaine Effetti. Like, the Bears' new starting right tackle was drafted today on Friday night. However, I will say it was notable that Ryan Pace did not commit to him playing left or right. A lot of times when he drafts these linemen, he says, well, we view him as a guard or yeah. we view him as a center or that's where we're going to start him. I mean, that's pretty – that he's done that a lot with some of these offensive linemen he's drafted. And tonight he was asked multiple times, and he was like, well, he could play both. He could play left and right tackle. And, oh, he could also play guard. Like, they didn't want to – I thought that was a message sort of to both tackles that better come ready to play. Well, if Fetty should just – be happy to be here. Let's be honest. It, it's if there's yeah, a message him $5 here. Five million dollars. Yeah. Well, it's not exactly like he he had like a bunch of suitors lining up to sign him at free agency. It's just a one year deal. The Charles Leno message. Like I think that Charles Leno message started with the, the pursuit of Trent Williams. At least the the conversations about Trent Williams in the sure. offseason. Now yeah. they couldn't keep up with that type of money, but that's a clear sign to me that they're looking for upgrades. And if I know a lot of pundits think you know, Teva Jenkins is, you know, specifically a right tackle. You know, Ryan Pace gets paid a lot more money to to make these decisions, so we'll see. But yeah, th- there is something noteworthy about him saying that he can handle either side of the offensive line. Yeah, just something to keep in mind. It'll be interesting to see how those those practice reps are distributed, if and when they get on the practice field in the off season. But I mean. That, there's just another example. If you're Charles Leno, you really don't want to show up to the offseason program? When you saw what happened today? I'd probably want to show up. And maybe he's there. We don't know who's there or not. But although we heard that uh, Tariq Cohen's in there, but he's probably rehabbing. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a few of those guys in there. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Because when you're looking for a job, Hogan Johns fans, you want the best experience possible. No questions left to answer and sketchy websites to navigate around. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. And over 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Adam. That's linkedin.com slash Adam to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, All right. Let's hear from Pat Fitzgerald, Northwestern's head coach. Uh, Very excited. He was in Cleveland last night with Rashawn Slater. Um, But as you're going to hear, he also had his eye on what was happening with the Bears. And Justice Hill. His hometown Bears. That's right. So here he is, Pat Fitzgerald. All right, Pat. So you were in Cleveland last night uh, with Rashawn Slater. You get two of your players drafted in the first round. First time that's ever happened in Northwestern history. Uh, First of all, congratulations. And uh, any great stories last night being in Cleveland with Rashawn? Well, thanks, Adam. It's great to be on with you. So proud of these two young men. Special guys from amazing families uh, that that have worked their tails off and have earned this. you know, it just, it was a little bit surreal after, after the draft, or excuse me, after Rashawn got picked, I was hopeful that Greg would get picked pretty quickly. I had to catch a flight and then I was trying to get with our video staff that was coming back with me. And sure enough, the car drive, the driver couldn't get us to the airport that I could have walked in five minutes and it took us 40 minutes to get there. So no issues with Rashawn, but I got to see a lot of side streets in downtown Cleveland. So that was fun. Oh, that's always good. Um, hey, I know you've kind of been asked this a lot in the last couple of weeks leading up to this draft, but you know this this kind. Of, I, I've been close to the program, so I've, I've seen it happening. Um, but what what does this say about how the program's coming along? You get the facilities. It's it's sort of it. It doesn't happen overnight, right? But you're starting to see guys and and other people, I guess, around the country realize. Oh, wait a minute. Northwestern has some legitimate talent now. No question. Well, you know, let's just start with where we're at. I mean, you know, to win four straight bowl championships and, you know, two out of the last three Big Ten West titles. I know we haven't gotten over that mountaintop yet, but we're going to. And and, uh, it's because of amazing support and, and, and generosity from some amazing families like the Ryans and the Wilsons and the Walter. The list goes on and on. And you know, the Hutchinson, I mean, there's so many names that I could list uh, of support and then obviously the support from the university. But we've got very talented players, incredibly talented players, first-round talent. 
And, you know, what it says about where we're going, you can have it all here at Northwestern. You get a top 10 education, play at a championship, top 10 level football program, have everything you need to get developed for life in the four or five years that you're here. And now say that, you know what, you can be developed to be a first rounder. And, and what else more do you want? I mean, I, I, it's a, you've been around our guys, the brotherhood that we have. A lot of people sell it. We don't have to sell it. We just show you. And uh, you just feel fortunate and blessed to be in my role. And uh, I'm so thankful for the families like the Slaters and the Newsoms and, and, and all of our guys. It's, uh, we're, we're in a great place, but I couldn't be more excited about the future and where we're going. You know, Pat, it's my, my mind kept going back. I know it's a game you don't want to relive, but my mind kept going back to the Ohio State game two years ago in 2019. Um, the scoreboard was, was was not pretty, but just all the talent that was on the field that night. Uh, and I think, you know, you watch that game and probably everyone's like, oh, well, the score in Ohio State, this and that. But I, I mean, all these guys... Slater, Newsom, Chase Young was out there for Ohio State. Justin Fields is is now a bear, and my mind just keeps going back to that game and just how much talent w- was there on a Friday night in, in Evanston in in a big game. Well, that's Big Ten football, yeah. You know, and and uh, to say that you know Northwestern now is part of that conversation, I think t- talks to you about where our program is compared to where it was, and. You know, I had a lot of guys reach out to me here in the last two weeks, you know, that played in the 60s and 70s and 80s and early 90s. And, you know, as long as I'm the head coach, we'll never forget those guys that went through a lot of challenges and difficult times. And, you know, I I don't want to speak for Greg and Rashawn, but and our other nine guys that are going to hopefully get their names called or get into a camp uh, this weekend. But, you know, we wouldn't be here without those men, too. And and, uh, we're just thankful for what they, they fought through, but we're in a completely different place than we've ever been in program history. And I could not be more excited about the future. And I'm so stoked for those two guys. Uh, you know, a seminal moment last night, getting two in the first round. It doesn't happen without relentless work ethic and two very talented players. Well, it's also well documented that you're a Bears fan and you have a relationship with Justin Fields that goes back to when you recruited him. Uh, as a fan, how excited were you to see the Bears get their quarterback last night? Well, I think we needed one, right? Uh, there was no question about that. I mean, it was well documented that, you know, we needed one. And he just, as a fan sitting there with Rashawn and his parents and his family, uh, with Kurt Anderson, our great O-line coach, you know, Kurt and I were talking on the way over about, all right, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the quarterbacks because, you know, Kurt's from Glenview. I'm from Orland. I mean, there's no more two high, you know, diehard Bear fans than the two of us, McGargle, you know. <laughs> the guys on our staff that are Chicagoans and uh, you know, we did, we just sat, I'm like, it's going to be really interesting. Let's see what happens. And when, you know, it kind of went one, two, three, it was like, all right, are we going to stand pat and wait for Mac? But you got the Patriots there that need a quarterback too, or, and then sure enough, there came the trade and we went, all right, they're taking Justin. So, you know, excited for Justin and uh, you know, excited to see what he can do for the bears and, and help us win those close games this year. Cause you know my friendship with Matt Nagy. I'm fired up for him to get his quarterback and and really excited for him and Ryan and the whole organization. So I, I was wondering about that because, yeah, you, you, you are close with Nags, and we we all know the, the detail that goes into the scouting of, of these players and especially the quarterbacks, um, and they talk to all coaches. Do they talk to you as, as just an opposing coach that recruited the kid? Is that a conversation you guys had at any point? Uh, definitely had a conversation with Ryan and Matt when they were at our pro day. 
um, you know, about not only Justin, but some other guys in the Big Ten. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, we do the same thing in recruiting. I mean, if if we're going to recruit a kid from Sandberg, you know, we're going to talk to Rob Zvonar at Lincoln Way East and, you know, <laughs> the guys the guys all at HI. We're going to talk to everybody they play, um, you know, just to try to get a 360 because there's, you know, there's different opinions and, and, and they're not all weighted the same. Uh, but I will tell you that, uh, there were a number of NFL uh, head coaches and GMs uh, that reached out to me about Justin Fields this year. And, and uh, you know, not surprised that, you know, w- that he went to the Bears. There were a couple other teams I thought might jump up to take him, but I think the Bears, uh, you know, did what they had to do to go to go get the quarterback they wanted. Well, I think everyone got to see your defense uh, at the Big Ten Championship game. You didn't get the win, but the defense really uh, did a good job against Justin. I'm sure you would like to stop the run a little bit better in the second half. Um, but w- w- when you get asked about that game, what, what do you say? Because the, the numbers weren't great, and even some of the tape wasn't great for Justin, but also the circumstances of the game. And I'll be honest, Fitz, I did not know until you said it on the radio earlier this week that Justin Fields was dealing with an injury in that game. I, yeah. I had no idea. And honestly, I like hearing that because you never hear that. You never heard that come out as an excuse from his side of it. No. You had to hear it months later from an opposing coach. I love that. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that was the painful, obvious thing for us on why they fully committed to the run, <laughs> you know, um, and we didn't do things the way we're capable of. And it starts and ends with us as coaches, but uh, yeah, he got dinged up early in the game, hurt his, hurt his hand. Uh, you know, we, we thought he was hurt uh, on the play on, over our discussion on the headphones. And then, you know, as we came out in the second half, we're like, obviously something is not right. But, you know, I think he gets a bad rap for that game, uh, maybe because of yards and all that stuff. But I think we got a pretty salty defense, too. And I thought we played really well in the back half in that game. And then, you know, you couple that with, with the way that he responded against Clemson, I think speaks to you know, really who Justin Fields is and, and uh, what a response he had in that game. And, and uh, I'm, I texted him last night uh, on my way to the airport after the draft. Just congratulations. Welcome to Chicago. And, you know, I, I just couldn't be happier for the young man and for his family. There was a story relayed on the NFL Network today that apparently Nagy last night, after they drafted him, asked him if he could recall whatever they went over on their Zoom call, whatever play they drew up. And apparently he knew it right away off the top of his head does that surprise you not at all no not, not at all and uh uh no i mean it's uh, you know like i said you know sometimes uh just the opportunity is exactly what it should be and it just seems to me that you know the, the quarterback opportunity here in chicago for justin is exactly what he should be well, it'll be a, a fun story to watch. And, and again, congrats on your guys going in the first round. And it's not over. Like you said, there's there's a lot of Northwestern guys uh, that, that could still have their name called at some point this weekend or as priority free agents uh, when it's all said and done on Saturday. Yeah. So it says a lot about all the talent that, that you guys had this year. Yeah, thanks, Adam. We got nine more guys. Hopefully they have their names called this weekend. And, uh, you know, if, if if it's not called, they're definitely all going to get an opportunity as, as priority free agents because they're great players and great men. But what a great night last night. Uh, again, best of luck to you and your family. It's uh, it's great to always speak with you and uh, enjoy the draft. Enjoy the Kentucky Derby. What a great sports weekend here back in America uh, this weekend. Thanks, buddy. Go Cats. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate it. So hopefully you uh, got something out of that 
connection with Justin Fields, Pat Fitzgerald. It goes back to when he recruited him. And, you know, it was for me, John's, when we were, obviously, he's prepping to play the game against Ohio State. I'm prepping to cover it as the sideline reporter. But that week leading up to the game, he's asked a lot about Fields. And some of the stuff he said, he, he said when he was recruiting him, he calls him a three play guy which means you watch three plays of his high school tape and said, yeah, he could play for us. Like, that's all it took. And he, know, like, he knew that they were going to offer him. Um, and then there's the fact that they kept that relationship up. I mean, Fitz, as you heard in that interview, texted Justin Fields last night. I mean, they have a relationship, and he's one of, I'm sure, many, 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 many people that the Bears consulted on this. But as you hear too, like you trust certain voices and people you talk to more than others. You trust their opinions because you know if they're BSing you or not. And I think that Ryan Day, we've heard, is is very close with Nagy and and Pat Fitzgerald is too. By the way, Fitz and, and Ryan Day get along too. I can tell you that. So, I mean, this coaching fraternity, a lot of it matters. And it's sometimes you hear, like Bill Belichick hypes up every opponent he faces every single week. And it's sort of like, okay, well, what what do you, who do you really like and who do you not like? But in this case, it's, it's very, very genuine. And so I hope Bears fans that heard Fitz talking about Fields the way he does takes that to heart because it is real. And it was related to the Bears again. Yeah. Like, that matters because of these, these relationships, especially like this year. Again, I feel like we've talked about this on, on, on the podcast. This year, because of the pandemic effect, affected seasons, those relationships mattered more than ever. You needed to get information without actually going into these buildings. You yeah. needed to have these phone calls. Like Matt Nagy's calling Ryan Day all the time, apparently. <laughs> like they're probably text buddies. There's probably some group That's text. That's a cool chase. story, by the way. Yeah. Because I, I was trying to figure out last night, like, what's the relationship here? And the only thing I could figure out was that uh, Ryan Day played at New Hampshire under Chip Kelly, by the way. Chip Kelly was his OC, and it was the same time that Nagy was playing at Delaware. Um, They played each other. And then I, I believe John Filippo was at James Madison at the same time. So... Crazy small world, and apparently, like, just that's led to a a friendship that nag. That was in the late nineties. That was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, then I think people forget that Ryan Day was a quarterbacks coach in the league for several years. Eagles, yeah, because he was. On, well, he ended up on Chip Kelly's staff. Yeah, yeah. So he's and followed him to San Francisco. So obviously, there's opportunities to have beers and hang out together. Whether it's you know, well, especially the combine, senior bowl, all that stuff. So, yeah, I, that's it's good bar talk. Like I, we played each other in, in college and all that stuff. Like that's great bar talk. That's it, great chemistry building. It's those relationships, man. It's it was immensely valuable this year yeah. to, to the Bears. It, it's so it's, it's another sign of how different this was for them in terms of the quarterback evaluations. But of course, they got to turn the fits here. Like they've the relationship between Northwestern and. The Bears, like I know you talk it up, but I don't. I don't think people realize how tight those, I will call them organizations, whatever you want, like how, how tight they actually are in terms of that relationship. Yeah, and I think it's helped a lot too since Nagy got there. Um, but yeah, even at a lower level, like the scouts and the the people at Northwestern, and, and I'm talking about all schools too. That the way that they, um, 
I'll give you an example. I mean, Cody Shada was the director of football operations at Northwestern. He just got hired by the Chargers for a similar job over there on that staff. Who did the Chargers select last night? Rashawn Slater. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a real cut. Like, this is how football works. And maybe almost think, to a Do you think Brandon Staley got to know him here in Chicago? I don't know. Probably. Maybe. Probably. I um so and now Jay Rogers is over there on that staff too. So it's it's all it's all a big web. It's all a big web, and that's why we love the combine so much, right? Because the whole web comes in the one place. That's all, that's all we could jump yeah. in that web. Yeah. <laughs> in a Marriott bar, and uh, I'm drinking this, and you know. There you go. And we missed the combine this year. We just do. We and I hope it comes back next year. We I think we all need it. All right. Um, loving draft weekend, not loving the lack of sleep, but we're fighting our way through it. And um, please check out all of our content because there's a lot of it. It's a lot of hard work. And uh, we do appreciate you guys listening, reading, and supporting us. And I almost did. I should have mentioned this off the top. We got new t-shirts out. Soldier Fields. QB1. It's not Andy Dalton anymore. Well, it is, kind of. No, it's the, really. Q- it's the QB that wears number one. Yes. There you go. That is Justin Fields. So a couple new shirts up on obviousshirts.com. Please go check that out in our collection, and you can find them there. Uh, you're going to want to take a look. They're also on our Twitter feed if you want to look at them, Instagram. It's all there for you. Please read me, NBCSportsChicago.com. Got a story up on some of that stuff you heard from Fitz. Column up on Tevin Jenkins. Johns has his observations up on The Athletic and tons more. What else you got? Well, we got a lot more coming tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got a story in Kev- uh, Kevin Jenkins. No, Tevin Jenkins. Ooh, Kev- that's going to be tricky later. Kevin and Tevin. Um, I foresee some problems. But, yeah, search for that Saturday morning. It's almost Saturday morning anyway. It's almost Saturday morning right now. It is in seven minutes. Last night I went to bed at 4.45 in the morning. That's not going to bed. The birds were the birds were literally chirping outside yeah. the window. Yeah. And I'm what like, are you doing? this is bad. What are you doing? Man? I what don't are you doing? know. I don't know. We're, we're good, though. All right. Uh, we should probably go get to bed right now. Uh, thank you for listening. Check out our hey, voicemail line is open. Bob Dabrowski's knocking it down. He's trying to get in there. I can't. We're, we're going to play the voicemails. I promise you we'll play them early next we week. We just can't have it all Bob, everybody. Call. No, but everybody does want to hear Bob's thoughts. So it's there. Um, I don't have them. Here's the, the number. I don't have it memorized. 872-221-0046. 872-221-0046. Give us your opinions on Justin Fields. Uh, quite frankly, we screwed that up. We should have put that out there last night. No question about it. But there's still time to chime in with your thoughts on what the Bears have done. All of a sudden, it's going to be very positive. And that's... Uh, very welcomed by us at this point. So thanks for listening. We will talk to you, I don't know, tomorrow, the day after. We've still got plenty more draft coverage coming. It's coming. Talk to you then. See ya. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless.